0: So the other day I was on Newsmax, Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, always great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, find everything at TonyKatz.com. And sometimes I'm paired with somebody, I don't always know who they are, and I'm paired with Quincy McKnight. like, okay, I'll do a quick search of Quincy McKnight, I saw that Quincy McKnight is running for... For, for Congress in Tennessee, okay, uh, small business owner, uh, world of uh, merchant services. My family's in the merchant services business. That's great. Well, look at that. Quincy McKnight actually played basketball in Indiana uh, for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, which is an NBA G League team that leads itself up to the Indiana Pacers, right around the corner from me. That's amazing. What I didn't realize is that I was looking at two different people. And there we are on Newsmax. I had a great conversation, and I make reference to the fact to the host, Bob Sellers, that, you know, you got two Hoosiers, two Indiana guys on here. It's a lot of common sense. But Quincy McKnight running for Congress is in the 5th District of Tennessee is not the Quincy McKnight. Who plays for the, for the Mad Ants in Fort Wayne? I said, oh, you got to come on the show and let me apologize like a human being. My goodness gracious. And then let's hear your story. Quincy McKnight uh, joins us uh, right now. You can find uh, his site at quincyforcongress.com. Uh, I always owe up. I, ta- I reached out on Twitter immediately be like, dude, I owe you an apology because I just realized the mistake <laughs> that I made uh, right there. And I'm the first guy to make that mistake, right? was i was i the first
1: uh, yes i've never had that done before in my life
0: all right well well, I only hope somebody else does it, so I'm not uh, the, the only one. Uh, but but you, you bring about an, an, an interesting story. As a guy running for Congress there in, in the 5th District, that's the, the Nashville area, and something you said on air, uh, which I think seems to be something that's, that's moving this run for yours, you mentioned that the zip code that you live in or that you're around, you're going to represent, is the most incarcerated zip code in America, and that blew my mind. Tell me that story and how you get into this race. Oh,
1: gosh. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on the show, number one. Uh, And saying you're sorry, too. That means a lot. Uh, You know, because there's only one Quincy McKnight, the real one, that's me. So Nashville, Tennessee. (laughs) So, yeah, so 37208, uh, it is one of the most, it it is the most incarcerated zip code uh, in the country, um, especially within the Nashville marketplace. And a lot of people that's from Nashville, they didn't even know it, but they know it's just a high crime district. Um, so that really, once I learned these stats, Tony, what that did for me, it really sparked a, a a huge change of thought pattern processes. Because immediately I got to thinking, this is not a Republican thing, this is not a Democratic thing, this is a community thing, this is a city issue, this is a state issue, and uh, this is a national issue. Because Nashville's not the only one dealing with crime. Of course, we've got Chicago and everywhere else. In the world that's shooting up and killing everybody everywhere. So, um, but this really, you know, it really sparked a huge interest in me uh, and, and, and then trying, trying to truly make a difference and be a face of change and a voice of change in Nashville.
0: When we look at these things politically, Quincy, we hear from the political left that the answer here is that we have to get rid of cash bail. We have to change what policing is. When we hear from uh, the political right, we hear about how we need to be strong uh, uh, on crime. You're running as a Republican. Uh in, oh, yeah. in in this district, you certainly believe in strong on crime, but give me an idea of where your platform is on how to handle these things because you are very much about the idea of of what you refer to as generational generational healing along with anti corruption.
1: Yeah, well I I've I've said this for you know quite a while since I've been running and campaigning that each generation has seen different hurtful circumstances. Um, all the way from, you know, three generations back from me, they saw the things that happened from Emmett Till graduating all the way to, you know, your your um, your guy in California. Um, I cannot think of his name. I'm a, having a senior moment here. Um,
0: you talking Rodney about Larry King. Elder, the radio host?
1: No, no Rodney King. Rodney oh, King. Rodney King. From, okay. From yeah, from from that, you know, national embarrassment to now, you saw last year of George Floyd. Generational healings are not are not occurring within each generation, uh, especially within African-American communities. And, and so until these things are dealt with, until these things are talked about and, and, and dealt with on a public platform, um, we're going to continue to stay where we are. Um, and the quicker most conservatives want to talk about this and make it a, an actual issue because that's what's holding people back um, it's going to things will still stay the way they are. Um, First, I
0: I got to say, I thought you were talking about radio hosts, and Larry is in the news, and I'll get to that story in a little bit. Talking to <laughs> Quincy McKnight running for Congress in the Tennessee Fifth District, quincyforcongress.com. dot uh, com. Give me a little bit of it. What do you think the conversation is that people on the political right are not having and should? Sure. Well,
1: I mean, talking about the true law enforcement and and how police get limited, you know, by corrupt judiciary and bureaucrats, um, all the way to have to have the, having the actual respect from the communities and the leaders um, that need to be represented to people. Um, that is where the issues are, uh, because we've got the right now, we've got the wrong people in these places, in these cities across America. It's not just a national issue. It's a, this has been a generational thing, and we are, we're continuing to elect the wrong people. That's just what I believe, um, um, especially dealing with crime and dealing with these things. I mean, look at Lori Lightfoot. I mean, unfortunately, she does not know how to handle Chicago. You know, and that's your neighboring city. Um, I mean, you've got all these types of prime examples out here that we can have all these different community programs out here, but until we deal with the realities of the hurt and the shame and the pain that these families have had to go through, um we're never gonna we're we're not going to continue to move forward and and until in me as running as an african american conservative and I've been a conservative my whole life um i my values and how i view things it's 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 very straightforward there's no gray area in how I look at things right is right and wrong is wrong and well,
0: and I think you'll find a lot of people who who connect with you there but it's 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 interesting to talk to you now especially post the election in in Virginia and Winsome Sears being elected uh, as as lieutenant governor there and you're seeing the absolute derision she's getting from those uh, in the media uh uh it's it just a, a gift of white supremacy she's just a token uh of course Winsome Sears uh, from Jamaica black woman first uh, st- uh, as they like to keep telling telling us, first a black woman elected to statewide office, except those who usually cheer those things are very silent uh, about Winsome Sears. You take a look at that race and do you find yourself in any level of identification with that is how the press treats you or what she's, how she has responded and how you see yourself like that or is you, you already know you were like that and you've dealt with those kinds of things? Does it become more frustrating or does it become more impactful?
1: Well, I'll say, this, I'll say this, Tony, regarding Ms. Sears. Um, I, I had the opportunity to meet her earlier in the spring, and I think she's a wonderful American. She served our country well, and any American, any person that will disrespect her, especially from our American journalism people, any person that will disrespect her, I, have, I don't have much respect for um, because she's done nothing but raise her. She's a mother that's raised her children. She served our country. She's now serving as a lieutenant governor of Virginia's uh, first black female person. I mean, listen, I don't have time to deal with the shenanigans of what these people out here want to name call and journalists because who has time for that stuff? We've got way too many more issues to deal with than name calling. I mean, because have I dealt with the uh, names being called to me? I, I, no, they no one's ever called me any Uncle Toms or anything like that to my face, and they better not because they don't have because I, I live on facts, and just like Miss Sears, she operates on facts. I mean, so- we can you know there's no point. It, I, I don't understand because and here's the thing: it's, it's really the white left liberals that I feel that are causing all the this, this rhetoric out here. Black people are not sitting around. I don't get any messages from blacks, you know, not even on my social media platforms. They don't call me anything outside of my name. If they have issues, they bring it up to me or they'll send me a private message. But it's the white liberals that will blatantly, publicly put information out there that says, oh, he's just another sellout. He's a, I mean, what do you know about being a sellout? Tell me a day that you were black, because I don't know when. You will never be black. So –
0: I was waiting for you to finish. I was going to give you all, all, all the platform uh, while I still got a, a minute. I know you're a Second Amendment guy, and I and and I know uh, it got talked about by some of your staff where I was coordinating this. Uh, very much a pro a pro life uh, guy, and people can find out more uh, about you at uh, Quincy uh, for Congress uh, dot com. That's the website uh, to go to. Uh, again, I made the mistake. I owe up to the mistake because that's what you do, Quincy. Uh, look, a, a pleasure to talk to you, and, and, and we should do this again from time to time, just kind of get the pulse. You're running against a guy who's been in the seat for 32 years, uh, Representative Cooper. The next time we have you on, I want to get into that conversation. But people want to find out more. Quincy McKnight for Congress. Quincy, Q-U-I-N-C-Y, quincyforcongress.com. Man, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. We're going to do it. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. Supreme Court hearing about Second Amendment cases. And they've got questions about why New York is stopping people from being able to uh, get a firearm. Then there's the story of Ed Durr and how he literally changed the political landscape for $153. This is Tony Katz Today.